Hello, 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 and welcome to The Good Life with Dawn Richards. I'm Dawn Richards, your host, and I am so happy to have you here, and I want to wish you a happy 2021. I hope that your new year um, is off to the best start. I know that we are still in unprecedented times with so much going on in our world, and especially in the United States of America, um, where I live. But despite that, I want to encourage and remind you that God is still on the throne. He still is very much in control of what happens in the lives of his people as we trust in him and as we put his word first um, and hold up his promises against the challenges and the hard things that come in life. And I'm so excited to be back with you again because it was right before the new year when we were together last and now we're here Kicking off 2021, we're um, actually here, I'm recording this on MLK Day, and, and this week is a historic week for us here in the U.S. with the um, inauguration coming up. So a lot of hope on the horizon, a lot of good things prayerfully that will come um, in some of our you know government realms and things of that sort. But no matter what happens, um, this is what I want you to really hear, child of God, and then we're going to get into today's um, episode. But no matter what happens in the world around us, the circumstances and situations around us, and even our own circumstances and situations, those are subject to change. The Bible tells us that things that don't line up with God's word, they're temporary, they're temporal, they're subject to change. But things that are eternal, meaning God's word and what he said to us and his promises, they are eternal. They last forever. So keep your faith, keep your focus, keep your hope on the one who is worthy and that's Jesus, because he's always had a plan. And we're going to talk about that um, to kick off a mini series that I'm launching with episode 35, this episode, and probably the next few episodes, um, you know, depending on how God leads me. But I'm so excited to um, just share with you some things that I believe will help us lay hold of all that God has for us like never before. It will give you clarity when you get into difficult places in life and perhaps you're wondering, you know, is God trying to teach me something with this hard time? You know, is this something that God designed? You'll have clarity on how to gauge what's of God and what's not of God. And the word of God is our final authority on everything. And so what we are going to start looking at is God's original intent for us as his family, for mankind. And if you want to know the purpose of a thing, I believe you go back and you check with the manufacturer. You know, if you want to know the purpose of a Ford, then you ought to probably check with what Henry Ford put in place as the manufacturer of that vehicle. And so we're going to go back to the very beginning, meaning where it all began in Genesis, starting in chapter one. And we're going to just look at some of the highlights of what God put in place for us so that we can glean what his intent for us, what his intent for our lives were from the very beginning. We're going all the way back to the beginning, because once we understand the blueprint, then that will lead us forward right here into the 21st century, the year of our Lord, 2021 where we're able to gauge, we're able to discern, the Bible says, being able to discern between good and evil, we're able to do that and to move wisely 
as children of God and to move victoriously as children of God because we understand who we are in Christ. We understand what he's made available to us and we understand how it was supposed to be all along according to the blueprint that God gave. And so I'm so excited and I just want to encourage you today, you know, if you are dealing with things, that's not the end. God is not done. He crowns the year with his goodness. That promise still stands in Psalm 65, 11. He has not forgotten about you. In fact, he promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And so I want you to lay hold of those promises like never before. I'm doing the same in my life. And together, as we lift each other, as we pray for one another, as we stand in the truth of God's word, there's nothing that God can't do or won't do on our behalf as his, ki as his children, because he will make a distinction between us and the world and the, and the children of Satan's camp, you know, so to speak. Um, but we're called to be lights in the darkness. And as God manifests himself greatly in our lives, that's attractive. It makes people hungry. It makes them thirsty. It makes them curious about our God. And more and more as people face challenges and situations that no man can solve, that there's no answer to, no matter how much money you throw at it, no matter how much political capital you throw at it, the coronavirus being one example, that you can't just figure it out as mankind. You have to defer. You have to appeal to the God of all, the God of the universe, not the universe, because God and the universe are two different things. We have the universe and we have the God of the universe. And that's who we serve. Glory be to God. So as I mentioned, we're going all the way back to the beginning. And it always makes me think of a song in one of my favorite movies, The Sound of Music, where in that movie, there's one song she's singing. She's teaching the children and do re mi. And the song starts off with her singing, you know, as she's about to teach them the notes and the harmonies and she's giving them this cute little rhyme so that they can kind of get it and it sticks um she says let's start at the very beginning and actually she goes let's start at the very beginning a very good place to start and that's what we're about to do we're going to start at the very beginning why because it's a very good place to start it's god's original intent for his family, for mankind. And so if you want to read along, I am in the New Living Translation. Um, but of course, you can use whichever translation you prefer. We're not going to do a full reading through, but I just want to highlight again in this episode to kick it off the blueprint. You know, what did God intend overall? What can we glean from how God set things up and how he set them in motion? And how can we get the mind and heart of God for what his intent was all along for our families, for our professional lives, for our health and well-being, for our financial well-being, for our relationships. It's all here. It's all here. How we're supposed to live and, and engage with each other. And, you know, we don't see chaos. We don't see people rising up against each other. We don't see any of that hating on one another, so to speak. Until after the fall, until after Adam bows his knee to Satan and hands over the kingdom that God had given him to the devil. Now, the good news is Jesus came and redeemed us back. That's settled. The devil is a defeated foe and always will be. But there was a curse that was evoked in the earth 
And we do have to resist it because we're still in this earth realm and the devil still has a little lease. And so while we're here, yes, we must operate in faith. Yes, we must resist the devil. Yes, we must trust God. And yes, he's made his blessing available to us, his grace that is sufficient for us. And he's always causing us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So Genesis one here in verse one, it tells us in the beginning it's telling us God created the heavens and the earth. But then it goes on to tell us how things were as God got to to moving and putting things in place. It lets us know and it gives us insight into how things were right before he got started. And it says the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And in verse two there where it says it's formless and empty. Basically, it was a, a mass of nothingness or a mass of disorder or chaos or what the Hebrew would call tohu babohu. Now, in listening to some Hebrew scholars, they say that that's akin to like if you got a teenager maybe living at home and you go into their bedroom expecting to find a neat, orderly bedroom. But instead you find shoes, clothes, uh, books, toys, everything tossed to and fro. And, and it's just a mass of mess <laughs> as some teenagers can be famous for. That's akin to the tohu babohu chaos that God was seeing right before he put creation into motion. And we see so much about how God operates and how he calls us to operate in these original chapters of creation. And I'm so thankful that we have this blueprint. I'm so thankful that we see God not being um, overwhelmed by what he saw, but instead taking authority over that and creating greater and something beautiful out of a mess. And so as we get going in the chapter, it starts in verse three that God said. Now, it told us that darkness was out there, but God said, let there be light. And see, that's one of the first things we're going to learn is how we use our words. God was very intentional about his creation. And he said only what he wanted to see. Yeah, he saw that it was dark. And I'm so thankful that he did not turn to the Holy Ghost and Jesus and say, "Ooh, it sure is dark out there. No, instead, he spoke what he desired to be, what he desired to come to pass. Because, see, remember, God has a purpose in mind. He's setting this up for his family that's going to live and inhabit the earth and rule and reign in the earth while he rules and reigns in heaven. And one thing that I love about God among many is that he is the most purposeful being there ever was and ever will be, meaning he doesn't do anything without a purpose. And so when he was setting creation up and he was putting it in motion, he was intentional about what this end result should look like for his man, for his family, for his Adam and later Eve who would come along. And so he said, let there be light. And then verse four says, and God saw. So he said it in verse three. And he saw it in verse four. Glory to God. And we see that whole pattern continue throughout verse chapter one, all the way through creation. He's creating in six, he said, and in seven, he made. So your words make, they create, they make, they form, they shape. They produce something out of nothing. 
Romans 4, 17 tells us that we call those things to be not as though they were. And where do we get that from? How do we even know to do that? How did Paul even know to write that? Because that's what God did. And we're imitators of God as his children. And so we go, we go through chapter one and we continue to see God speaking creation into being. He's creating the waters and he's creating the, the sun and the moon and the stars. And he's creating the fish and all the other life and the birds of the air and all the creatures. And he's creating plant bearing seeds. So there's nourishment. And he's just going and creating this beautiful earth, this beautiful creation and existence. And then we get all the way down to 26. And it says, and God said, let us make human beings or man in our image to be like us. So we are in the God class. If you didn't know it, there's a higher class than first class. It's Jesus class. It's the God class. Hallelujah. And he said, our relation to all the creation he just made is that we're going to rule and reign over it. We're going to have dominion over it. We're going to be the masters of all that he has created. And we're going to be in his image and in his likeness. And there's so much richness there that we'll get into as we go forward. But then he blessed us. So very key. He could have done anything. He could have cursed us. He could have made us robots that only do as he beckons and wills. But no, he blessed us. He said, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. We're seeing his intent for our lives right here in the very beginning. He wanted us to fill the earth. So he wanted a big family. You know, God is into big families. God is a big God and he's into big things. Glory to God. And he wanted us to reign. He wanted us to be in charge. As he's God in heaven. We're God, little G, in the earth. And so he set it out, as they say. He prepared everything. Because do you see here that God waited until everything else was set up and prepared before he created mankind and brought his man into the scene? He wanted everything else to be already ready when we came on the scene. We didn't have to wait to have lights in the sky to see in the day and in the night. We didn't have to wait for there to be fish and plant producing, um, seed producing plants and, and, um, waters and all these other things essential to life. No, we were created in the midst of abundance of bounty. And it was love from the very beginning. You know how they talk about love at first sight. It was love at first sight when God created his man, because he blessed us. And he said, let then be fruitful and multiply. So finally, God is excited and he's talking to his man. And he's saying, look, this is what I've created for you. I've given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So you've got that covered. I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals. So they're taken care of. And he's just going along after he blesses them, kind of just giving them a, a survey of the land, a survey of what is, you know, kind of setting the scene and getting everybody on the same page of all the goodness that's in store. And then it says in verse 31, that God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good. Hallelujah. So 
God takes his rest. That was the sixth day. And the seventh day, he finished. And the Bible says when he finished, he rested from all of his work. And he blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. And that's chapter two, verse three. So we see God take his time day by day for six full days, creating a beautiful planet, creating a beautiful home for his mankind, for family, his family that would come to be. And he called it very good. So what is God's standard for our lives? What is his best for us? What is his highest for us? Is that things would be very good in our lives. Not just okay, not barely get along, not eh, I guess I'll manage. No, it's very good. And so when we start to look at things and circumstances and areas of our lives that are not very good, then that means we've got some room to, to operate. We've got some room to put some promises in, um, in motion and, and, and put our faith out and to cooperate with God as his agents in the earth, as his heritage and say, okay, God, you said it should be very good. And I shouldn't be lacking sustenance. I shouldn't be lacking, you know, this, that, or the other. I shouldn't be dealing with this or that because as we continue to go through the next couple of chapters, what we see is God bringing the fullness of the creation to the forefront. We see him giving Adam his exact wisdom so much so that Adam named all the species of beings that there were. He just named them. God brought them to him and God downloaded his wisdom into Adam's spirit. And Adam was able to name every species of being. Can you imagine? God blessed Adam with a wife. So we see his blueprint for family. The blueprint was one man and one woman in holy matrimony. We see the blueprint for faith, as we talked about a moment ago, that we speak it and we create it. Further on in the Garden of Eden, we see God's blueprint for work. And it wasn't toil and hustle to the hustle and grind 24 seven and work yourself to the bone. No, it was productivity. It was purpose because that's what work constitutes, but without toil, without toil. And there was the anointing of God there, meaning it was sweatless. It was easy. Hallelujah. See, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The devil wants it to be hard and stiff. And that's what happened when the curse came into the earth. Then it was hard to make a living. It was hard to get the ground to produce because now Adam had turned it over to his arch enemy. We even see God's blueprint for our self image. The Bible says that Adam and Eve were naked, but yet they were not ashamed. So there was no shame. There was no inferiority. There was no insecurity. Glory to God. They fellowship with God. They welcomed God. God would come and talk to them in the cool of the day. And there was no shrinking back. But if you fast forward and you get to 
some of the other scriptures that talk about how when God wanted to come and be near the children of Israel, how they would shrink back. And rightfully so, because he was a holy God and they were sinful people and they would have been consumed. But here there was perfect fellowship. Nothing hindering. God being with his man and man being with his God. And now we've been restored to that through Jesus Christ and his blood. Hallelujah. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace. The Bible says to receive grace and mercy in a time of need. So that breach has been repaired. But I want you to pay attention to what God's intent was for us all along in these key areas of life. So that as we live our lives and as we're challenged by the enemy to let go of what God's standard is for our lives, to relinquish the ground that Jesus purchased and bought back for us, that we will know better and we will do better. And we will say, no, you don't Satan. God gave this to me. God promised this to me. This is my inheritance and I shall have it. And no devil in hell will block it or stop it or keep me from it. And you stand boldly in who you are as a child of the most high God. So I hope this sounds good to you. This is maybe you could consider a teaser of what we're going to get into in the next couple or so episodes. I'm so excited for all that God has planned for us this year. I pray that you keep your faith on high. Keep yourselves covered and close to Jesus. And Stay close to this ministry. Stay close to me as I share what God gives to me for you. I pray you're connected to a good church home. If you're not, then begin to seek God about where he would have you to connect because you need a spiritual covering. You know, getting a snippet here and there off social media or even off the podcast or what have you. That's not enough. That's not God's original intent. He wants that intimate communion with you and he has structure in place that he's put in place with his church and with the pastor the minister the evangelist the pastor the teacher the evangelist the apostle the prophet the fivefold ministry so if you are in a church home commit to being plugged in if you're not yet in a church home seek God about getting you engaged where he would have you to fit because we all have a place in the body of Christ that's why we're the body of Christ And don't you know your pinky has a place just like your big toe has a place, just like your eyes have a place, just like your ears have a place. Glory be to God. We all have a place and we want to be in the place where God has called us to be as a part of the body of Christ. So get excited about who you are. Get excited about all that God has for you. And no matter what 2021 tries to bring on the scene, our God is more than enough. And we're more than conquerors through him in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being connected with me. I pray you stay connected through the website, dawnrichards.org. On social media, you can connect with me on Instagram at dawnrichardsmen. On Twitter at dawnrichardsmen, that's M-I-N. And on Facebook at dawnrichardsministries. And I speak peace, blessing, and the grace of God in abundance over your life and over your year. And God bless you and be sure to continue to live intentionally and to experience the good life until we're together again. Amen.